You're listening to the Nerd to Know Media Network. Join us at nerdtoknowmedia.com. Welcome to another episode of Doing It For The Exposure, the show that loves to diversify. I'm your host, Mannequin Blue, and today's special guest is performer and podcaster, Valerie Savage. Hi! Hey, how's it going? Good. Just, you know, another day in lockdown. (laughs) Another day in paradise. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Will it ever end? Hopefully soon. I got my one year since my last gig anniversary last week. So that was depressing. Oh, (laughs) yeah. I think I had mine hit in, it was like February. And then all of this week, I've been getting Facebook memories of the last time I went to a balloon convention and I just cried. Yeah. It's going to be a rough couple of weeks, I think, because everyone hits their like last things they did. Yeah. Happy one year anniversary of two weeks to lockdown, you know? (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, on a happier note. (laughs) Yes. So you are, you said you're a performer and a podcaster. So do you want to talk a little bit about which one you want to talk about first and just kind of describe how you got into it and what you do, basically? I mean, well, the podcasting is easy to get out the way. That is a thing that a friend and I thought we would do when I was still in Australia. We did a couple of years. We just talked about television and then we went into talking about fictional murder mystery shows. So like your standard police procedural. I feel like the UK has a thousand of them. So that's what we do. But also we veered into Riverdale for a long time because that show is just ridiculous. So it's just a a show where two people watch a mystery show and then try and guess who did it before the show tells you. And it's very stupid. I really enjoy it. (laughs) It sounds like fun though. (laughs) It's really fun. And we deliberately do fictional ones because we're like, this show won't be as fun if we're actually getting depressed about crime. So yeah, so it's just all, we're watching Jonathan Creek at the moment when we watched the like sexy reboot of Nancy Drew that they did last year. So yeah, there are just an infinite number of great but terrible TV shows to watch in that genre. And lockdown is the perfect time to do it. Oh, 100%. But I feel like that's my like thing. You know where some people, people who aren't performers are sometimes like, oh, you know, I draw and that's my like fun creative outlet. Mm -hmm. I feel like performing is obviously a creative outlet, but when you are also doing it professionally, it's, it's not the same sort of like just for fun element. So I feel like that's, that's the role in my life that the podcast feels. Yeah, definitely. No, I know how you feel. Cause like, obviously I do this show as well, but then I do, sometimes I'll sit in on Nerd to Know Media's flagship show, which is called Nerd to Know Basis. And that's, it's kind of a similar deal where we all just get together and talk nonsense. (laughs) Yeah, it's great. And also it's been nice over, I mean, we've been recording the show I've been in the UK for five years so we've been recording long distance for five years but it's actually been really nice during lockdown to have a like standing appointment where I definitely talk to someone I don't live with nice bit of routine as well yes yes I thrive on routine oh yeah performers and routine we get along so well people want to find your podcast what's the name of it that's a really great thing to add it's called (laughs) Mr Twins Detectancy the logo is It looks like a Nancy Drew cover. It's like a girl walking up some stairs with a torch. Brilliant. It's like Babysitter's Club. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I just, I love that like weird aesthetic. Not weird. 90s is what I mean. (laughs) You got it. Um, (laughs) (laughs) 
You do. The 90s were the best time for mysteries and detectives. I I think that actually is probably right. Because that's like for TV shows, you had Rosemary and Time, which is just a show about two old ladies who are friends who solve mysteries. I think I've only watched one episode of it, but I was like, this is the dream. This is what I would like my future to be. <laughs> Probably less murder, actually, now I'm thinking about it. But, you know, (laughs) low-key mysteries are my favourite thing. Like, there is a really good Australian podcast called Finding Drago where they're just trying to track down someone who wrote a fan fiction about a character from Rocky. (laughs) Okay. That sort of thing. I'm just, like, I I love the chase of the mystery when there's actually not really any stakes. Yeah, <laughs> nobody's going to get hurt. It's okay. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that's that's my fun creative outlet from performing, which is a weird thing to say. But in terms of performing, I do burlesque and cabaret hosting. And I did a one-woman show a few years ago. And I'm kind of writing another one. So one of my many lockdown projects that I've started and kind of abandoned. You'll come back to it, though. Exactly. And it's better to have... I'm really bad at writing, but I'm good at editing. So it actually works better for me if I can, like, write some stuff, decide I hate it, put it down, and then come back to it, like, six months later and be like, okay, I can I can work with this because it's just getting the basics down I can't do yeah it's like I can make it good now (laughs) yeah and it's I'm the same with creating burlesque acts though like the actual choreography I'm always like I don't want to have to do this I'm not good at it but once I've like figured out you know the beats where I have to take bits off then I can sort of fill in the gaps and it's just I I feel like everyone can relate when our project just seems too overwhelming at the start so you don't want to do it procrastination stage yeah yeah I do really like I need deadlines to do things even if they're arbitrary self-imposed ones yeah I mean we actually we we had we had someone on the show uh it was Lulanda Makes and she was kind of the same that she said that she was setting herself deadlines for you know even just silly little projects even if she just wanted to make something small she's like okay I have to have it done by this date yeah otherwise I think it's too easy to give in to procrastinating or the the anxiety of making sure it's perfect rather than done yeah yeah exactly it's I think it's always better done than perfect yes yes and that's also the benefit of doing sort of clowny acts is you can get away with that a lot more This is supposed to be silly, right? Exactly. And that's also, so my favorite lockdown project has been my weekly Instagram stories show called I Love Things That Are Great. So I get, I would say 80% of the time actually get dressed up in my performing outfit and lashes and uh, on my lunch break, just record a five minute monologue of things that I think are great that week. But that's the same thing. You know, sometimes I'll just, if I've had back-to-back meetings, I'll just record it in whatever I'm wearing that day and not get dressed up because I'm like I'd rather do it than just get stuck thinking about the effort it's going to take to put lashes on which again once I get around to it only takes five minutes but the concept is just too much sometimes (laughs) yeah but I think a lot of people struggle with that as well like I know I definitely do where you get an idea and you're like I want to do this thing but then you think about like you said all of the effort of oh I have to get dressed up to do a five second video but I have to spend an hour getting ready just do the video why do you have to spend an hour getting ready. Exactly.
exactly exactly yeah i would hope that we're all kind of finding our own ways of getting through it but i mean i don't know it's it's one of those things that i think everyone feels very ashamed of well not everyone feels ashamed you feel pressured by but we're all feeling exactly the same pressure so everyone should just talk about it and be supportive and nice to each other yeah exactly and like we've even had people on the show in the past i think it was fee as well that was saying that you know if you're not in the mood to update you don't have to it's okay you're not going to be forgotten just because you didn't make that one post luckily i don't actually stress about that but i am absolutely terrible at updating social media (laughs) Uh, me too and i run like four different instagram accounts yeah i know i know that was one of the struggles when i was producing back in the day when I could produce a show it's really hard I mean London is competitive anyway with just trying to there's so much on any given night but I think the fact that I'm not good at social media but simultaneously was not making enough money from the show to pay someone to do it just is a really horrific catch-22 when you're trying to get audiences yeah (laughs) definitely no I I hate that feeling as well where it's like you know that you're kind of struggling with it and you're like I need somebody to do this for me but like I need an intern but I don't want an intern (laughs) because they're not getting paid for it. I know it was yeah it's okay I feel your pain oh thank you (laughs) and I think it's also like if this helps one other person be like yes I'm not gonna feel pressure to post then good because the hill I have been prepared to die on for the last few years is just admitting that I am wrong and don't know things (laughs) and it's been a real struggle to get to the point where I can be like I'm not good at this or I don't know the answer to that I can't contribute to this discussion but yeah I think now I'm more able to be like you know what social media is not really my thing and when one day when the show is back on I will just pay someone to do it because all also, the space it's occupying in my brain means that I'm not working on stuff I'd want to because I'm always like, oh God, I have to do that thing that I hate. So does this make sense? I feel like I'm just... No, 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 definitely. That's actually, I was thinking, <laughs> I was thinking myself because it's kind of like you look at all these famous artists. So you've got like Katy Perry or something like she has somebody running her social media. She has somebody doing bookings and costume and choreography and, you know, helping to write the songs. And we kind of forget that as small independent artists because we're doing it all ourselves you know what I mean like so you're doing you know you're planning your show and then you have to plan the routines that go in the show and then you have to plan the costume and you have to do the social media and obviously you have to do the the Instagram posts or whatever it is and so it does get very overwhelming in the sense that this one thing that you want to do turns into about a hundred other things that have to go with it that is a great point because I only ever think about it in the way that normally I produce and host and that is a lot of stuff to do but there was one show where someone pulled out on the day. So I ended up hosting, doing two acts in the show and trying to make sure the music was right and that everyone had tickets. And I only ever think about it in terms of the like onstage output that going from hosting to having to change costume to perform was stressful. But yeah, I guess I just forgot about all the backstage <laughs> behind the scenes stuff. Well, that's it. Like people tend to forget as well. Cause even on the outside looking in, they'll see you do your, your Instagram post and they go, oh my gosh she's so glamorous and everything's so perfect and they don't see kind of behind the scenes where you're trying to get everything together yeah it's like people who have home decor accounts which is another thing that I am fully obsessed with but I love when they post a picture of like oh look at this amazing office corner that I've created in my home and then on their stories they'll post a behind the scenes where they just shoved everything from that corner onto the other side of the room to make the photo look good and I'm like thank you it's nice to know that 
that you've also got 5,000 documents piled up that you really need to go through and six books you haven't finished. Yeah, I think I think that's something that we kind of need to reiterate and I've seen it spread around a bit, which is good, but I think we just need to reiterate that Instagram lies. <laughs> yeah, and I just, I as a consumer of social media just love when people are goofy and don't have a veneer of being unattainable I guess I feel like it's the problem is you've got such a fine line between putting out polished content and then also still being friendly and approach I mean if you don't want to be friendly and approachable then power to you but I am just a massive people pleaser so I can't do that so yeah it's just it's balance of trying to be quote unquote real but also professional and I feel like people expect that of independent artists and businesses and makers creators so much more than you would of any other business no one's asking Amazon employees to pop in the newsfeed and talk about why they love what they do but for some reason if an independent artist doesn't do that then they seem less engaged I guess I don't know does that make sense yeah and I think as well you kind of you end up debating as well because you want to obviously you want to seem human but at the same time you're like how much do I let people know before it becomes too much for them like you don't want to go too personal but maybe you do or do you want to stay professional but then people are saying oh I want to see the real you yeah exactly it's just you're never gonna please anyone so that's part of the reason I started doing I love things that are great because I was like I'm just gonna make the content I enjoy and I enjoy light-hearted recommendations of stupid things like standing outside and finding a fat robin in a tree like that's the sort of content I really enjoy so I'm just gonna put more of it out there I think this is the sort of content that we need though <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad. Also, I apologize in advance for you having to edit out my laughs because <laughs> as someone who has to do that for every second podcast I record. Oh no, they're, they're staying in there. <laughs> Just... Oh no, no, no. But they will probably distort. I am trying to move back when I laugh, but yeah, it does <laughs> occasionally just blow out the entire speaker. <laughs> it's, it's okay. We can work with levels. It's fine. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. You but, laugh you know, all you need to. <laughs> It's the same thing, though. It might sound less polished, but they're having time. So, you know, whatever. (laughs) Yeah, this show is all about being chill and getting to know the people behind the art. Exactly. Oh, yeah, exactly. No, there's there's no pressure to be polished here. (laughs) We're not not TikTok and Instagram. Don't worry. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, we don't even have cameras on, so I didn't even have to make myself look nice, which is just the dream. Yeah, nobody needs to know that I'm sitting here in a robe and pajamas. (laughs) you gotta be cozy I've got my like super cozy socks on because it is freezing yeah I mean even we were doing video I think I would still be like pajama bottoms and fluffy slippers (laughs) oh definitely but we're not we're never never doing video so it's okay (laughs) no we've been referring to that as the human mullet where it looks presentable on top but then you're wearing pajamas on (laughs) business on top and sleepy on the bottom yeah (laughs) 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 <laughs> oh yeah but like speaking of being business on top and sleepy on yeah. the bottom <laughs> like you do a lot of stuff 
So how do you find jumping from one thing to another or even prioritizing things? Very hard. I also have fibromyalgia, so I should really do less things than I do. So in some ways, having worked from home for a year has been an amazing chance to be like, how am I coping with this? I don't know how I did my previous life. And I'm like, no wonder I used to end up with like tonsillitis for two weeks because I would just push myself continually. So yeah, having to actually step back and care about my health and prioritize things is a really hard because also I want to do everything immediately and I want to be good at everything immediately and that's not humanly possible so I mean I don't know what I don't have an answer for how to prioritize it I'm dang it um, (laughs) but I have got a really cute like daily planner that's a little A5 pad that is split down the middle for like work and life. And just in terms of being like a well-rounded person, I have found that really helpful because it means that if I'm only scheduling work things to do over an eight hour period, you can see it because it's very unbalanced. So I also do a lot of color coordinating of things. So that's also a way that I can like just quickly look at like my month and be like, oh, I've got like a massive abundance of yellow and no blue and like three pink so it means I'm doing too much researching and I need to do more singing practice and I haven't put any time into this choreo so um, I love color coordinating stuff I would highly recommend everyone just gets a 48 pack of pens and comes up with a system that works for them yeah I mean I think I've tried that at one point and it ended up I spend all of my time color coordinating things and not actually doing the things I was supposed to yeah you do I feel like you need to just be like you know what instead of watching a movie this evening I'm gonna sit down and take this two hours and I'm gonna like do the system that works for me I really wish I was someone who could bullet journal because that seems incredible but I just I can't I never update it and I don't my handwriting's not pretty enough I mean who would have thought that journaling would be something you'd get Instagram and beyond but <laughs> calligraphy is another thing that's on my like miles long list of things that I want to be good at one day but haven't found the time to, haven't figured out how to prioritize enough to get good at it oh I know I love this because I'm kind of similar in in the sense that I want to do all of the things but I don't have time to do all of the things and then I end up being a workaholic and not actually relaxing and it's fantastic oh, yeah I've also implemented bedtime routines which has been really like if you told me 12 months ago that I was gonna have a like consistent bedtime routine I'd be like okay sure with what time I will take like an hour to like wind down and read a book and I hadn't read a fiction book for so long and then I was like oh you know what that actually really helps with making sure I go to bed on time because once I get really invested in the story then I'm like oh I want to know what happens next it's the same sort of thing as like pairing a boring thing like cutting out costume pieces or like upgrading rhinestones or things that I some people love but I'm like I this is takes too long for my need for immediate everything is being like oh but I can only listen to my favorite podcast when I'm doing a boring job so I like that it's kind of like a reward for we're all just complex toddlers and you just need to give yourself an incentive yeah see I have this problem of I I tend to treat myself before I do something that I really really hate doing Um, (laughs) (laughs) I call it a pre-ward and it 100% does not work I like that though. That is a good con. Maybe you can like, I don't know. I was going to be like, maybe give yourself like half, half up front, half later. (laughs) But see, the problem with that is the only one who's policing that I get half up front and half later is me. And then I'm like, I'll just have the other half. (laughs) Oh, I'm like, I absolutely need external accountability. I don't have the self-control. My partner is a musician and he practices like two hours a day. And I was like, how? (laughs) 
I Tell finished, me how. I finished my day job and I'm like, okay, well, it's time to just lie on the couch and watch TV and play Animal Crossing. Yeah, but I mean, people don't seem to realize as well, you want to make time for the creative things. But if you're working a day job, it can be like eight hours a day. So you have a right to be tired after that. Yeah, yeah. I do also like, I feel a bit of imposter syndrome that, that I had the day job because I have just from growing up, I guess, internalized the concept that I guess your job is what you do. So the fact that I'm not a full-time performer means I'm like less of a performer than other people, which is intellectually, I know that's not right, but my tiny brain, parts of my brain, I haven't, I don't know. I don't even know how to describe this, but you understand the concept, right? That like, yeah, you kind of feel like because you're not doing it full-time, you're, you feel like you're not putting everything into it and therefore it's not as valid. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's just, we're kind of socialized to, you know, like ask kids what they want to be when they grow up and no one says, I want to be a, someone who works in administration but does something on the side like that's not a concept so I was talking to someone else about this probably about a year ago actually because I think it was after a show about how if we'd had someone when we were growing up who did have a day job and a perform I mean I did get that actually in my 20s my singing teacher still worked three days a week as a recruitment agent and she was like I just can't do the inconsistency of pay being a full-time performer so that was the point of my life that I was like oh you you can do both so that was great but yeah it's still something that I am insecure about I feel like people are looking down on me for still having a day job even though I know they're not but you just can't stop yourself I guess sometimes feeling less than other people for whatever reason yeah I mean I I can understand where you're coming from and, and it is a real concern but I don't think anyone you know in their right mind would ever begrudge any performer for wanting to eat and pay the bills <laughs> because no, we all, I know we all know that performing does not like you said it's so inconsistent like it does not pay the bills unless you become famous somehow uh, needle in a haystack type thing but mm. I mean even in this day and age like there were a lot of performers who were full-time and then COVID and lockdown hit and everybody lost their jobs so I think having a safety net is not necessarily a bad thing no and also I feel like there's a benefit in having chunks of time where you do have to stop thinking about performing in that I guess it kind of functions in the same way that like when you're having a shower and you're not thinking about anything and then your brain's like oh I've just actually put together two things that you've been puzzling over I feel like day jobs kind of give you that I mean not that I don't have to use my brain for things in my day job but yeah sometimes it just gives you the space from your performing creative life that you can actually figure stuff out whereas if you just sat there and worked on it and worked on it and worked on it and worked on it your brain would never think to put things together I get what you're saying it's it's kind of a good way to put it down walk away from it for a little while and come back later and sometimes even the monotony of doing if you're doing filing or whatever it is it can kind of spark something as well yes yes exactly I love doing just boring admin because that's normally when something will click I don't understand the science of it which you think I would because that's what I studied at university but it's been a while Yeah, I I don't know. I think it's kind of just when you're not putting pressure on something, it tends to happen. Yeah, I mean, I find this when I, I, there was something I was sewing over the summer and I was like, I cannot figure out this construction thing. The pattern doesn't make sense. And so I finally put it down after like two hours and went to make a cup of tea. And in the space of the kettle boiling, I was like, oh no, I've, yeah, I've got it. Good old kettle thoughts. (laughs) It's so frustrating. But again, you know, that's part of what we were saying. Sometimes you just need to rest. Like sometimes you do. Pushing through is not always 
gonna I mean most of the time that's not the right option if you need a rest just take 10 minutes and come back yeah I exactly. feel like everyone needs to just reduce the pressure that they put on themselves I'm talking to myself as well just less pressure less comparison let's all just support each other to do our jobs and not care so much about social media we all need to be kinder to ourselves not singling anybody out Valerie <laughs> exactly <laughs> <laughs> but speaking of social media and you know even, even though it lies if yes. people want to follow you where is the best place for them to keep up to date uh instagram is the best because i don't understand twitter and i'm too scared to get involved at this point so <laughs> on instagram i am at valerie.savage so like hang on if, stop. if you're terrified of twitter how do you feel about tiktok oh can't do it <laughs> I love when people curate TikToks for me. So friends who are on all the time will be like, hey, I saw this TikTok and thought of you. That is like my number one love language. <laughs> but I just, just the concept of like having to get through, I just, I don't get it. I know I'm kind of the same. Like I don't have TikTok. I don't want TikTok. I don't understand it. My only experience of it is, you know, when people are reposting their TikToks onto Instagram. Oh yeah, that's, yeah, that's pretty much the only way that I consume TikTok. <laughs> yeah. I like that. People put it on Instagram Reels, and I'm like, thank you for saving me yeah. that effort. <laughs> thank you for bringing the good to- content to a platform I can understand. <laughs> yeah, I know. I feel like I'm like definitely one of those millennials that Gen Z make fun of. I know, I'm the same. It's kind of like you know when you're talking to like a parent or a grandparent, and you say, "Oh yeah, it's on Instagram," you know, or like you're trying to set up their email for them or answer Facebook messages for them or something. I feel like I'm that person then that someone's like, "It's on TikTok." And I'm like, what's a TikTok? Uh, yeah, yeah, 100%. I'm like, is that Vine? Are you talking about Vine? <laughs> oh my God, you remember Vine? <laughs> oh, that was a thing. I know. I See, I'm still at the uh, the point where pre-pandemic, when people came around to our house and we'd had a few drinks, we'd be like, oh, just chuck on a Vine compilation. We'll just have that on in the background. <laughs> but I mean, even at that, you're watching Vine compilations on YouTube. Yeah, I know. I know. I never had the Vine app either. I've only ever watched Vine on YouTube. <laughs> oh, we're just getting old, mate. Yeah. <laughs> we're being left behind. I know. Also, when you were talking about like, you know, teaching parents and grandparents how to use social media. My grandma has Facebook and Instagram and video calls me and stuff. It's amazing. That's Very so cool. cool. I know. Oh, I know. I always have to remind myself because I help my, like my dad is, is 70. So I help him a lot with online stuff. And a lot of people, they kind of, they give older generations a lot of flack for not being able to do it. But you kind of have to stop and think, well, hang on a minute. Who taught you how to use a spoon? <laughs> That's a great point. And that's a lot less complicated. Yeah. I mean, who who taught you how to use a toilet? Who taught you how to tie your shoelaces? And did they make I mean, fun also, of you? like, my dad had to teach me how to use a record player. I still don't really know. Yeah, mine did too, actually. And I remember that I, I put the needle down, like, in the middle of the record. Oh, <laughs> so, oh, not on the... So you didn't scratch it. It was just on no, the, No, like, no, I, d- I didn't bit. scratch it or anything. But I didn't know that you put it down, like, right on the edge. Because yeah, why would no, you? Yeah, because no one had ever told me that. So I put it down right in the middle of the record and then the record ended like 20 minutes later and my dad was like, that was really short. <laughs> and then I told him, I was like, because I said something about, I'll put on a new record and I went to put it down in the middle and he was like, no. So like, I feel that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, no one's ever going to take me seriously as a, as a tech head again. <laughs> 
we've just exposed all of our tech flaws. Yeah, but that's the funny thing because we both run our own podcasts, which are very I know. technology heavy. And like editing is not a joke. <laughs> And yet we're like, oh, TikTok, no, can't, can't be doing that. I don't understand the 10 second videos. Please just give me a very complicated set of keystrokes that I need to do shortcuts to take plosives out of this. Thank you. Oh, I'm feeling attacked. <laughs> it's fine. It's also a self-attack. I'm right there with you. <laughs> At least it's not me. It's not just me then. No, definitely not. I'm always the person that gets tagged in those memes about like, oh, well, I'm in in my early 30s. I guess it's time to start a family or start a podcast. Oh, I'm not even going to throw shade because like there's so many people that I know that have started podcasts lately. And I'm just like, you know what? Good for you. I know. (laughs) It's great. Also, we all need entertainment now. We do. Everyone's podcasts have such good niches. I love it. Yeah, exactly. And like a lot of the people who are podcasting would have been performers before so it's kind of like it makes sense that it's a natural transition yeah that's true i miss audiences though i miss making prolonged eye contact with someone and just making them a bit uncomfortable and that's the note you wanted to end on (laughs) (laughs) if you take away one thing from this podcast oh i'm kidding i'm kidding no i I get what you mean though i've been to my share of burlesque shows yeah and there's always that one moment where the performer like they kind of just zone in on one person and that one person is like oh okay yeah this is cool And then the longer it goes on, they're kind of like, oh, what's going on? I know. I, as an audience member, hate audience interaction. So I just, I never do it as a host because I just, I'm like, oh, I would, I would be so uncomfortable right now. So I can't put someone else through that. Yeah. Yeah. No, I know what you mean. I used to be the same. I'd be like, please don't come over to me. Please don't come over to me. No. <laughs> but just keeping an eye on the time. Is there anything that you would love to talk about that we haven't had a chance to talk about yet before we finish up? No, not really. You're just like, no, I've said what I wanted to say. I came in with no legit and I made some big statements about prolonged eye contact and I'm happy. (laughs) Well, hopefully we get some good news about, you know, lockdown and stuff soon that we can go back to making people in the audience feel uncomfortable. (laughs) I should just do it over Zoom, frankly. (laughs) Next time I'm in a board meeting for my day job and I'm zoning out, I'll just make direct eye contact with someone for too long. Uh, How does that work over Zoom, though? It doesn't is the thing because you have to both be looking at your cameras. Right. (laughs) It's really, yeah, it's really weird. And then you just get uncomfortable because you're looking at a camera. Yeah, and then you feel like you're not actually looking at anyone because you're not looking at any faces. It's it's a it's just a weird time. What a weird time to be alive. Oh, truly. (laughs) On that note. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, Valerie, it's honestly, it's been a pleasure having you on the show. And we're going to share all your social media stuff and your your podcast as well, because I've had a lot of fun with this. And I think people should hear you in your happy place and your element and and go from there. Yes, thank you. Oh, I've had a good time. Also, people who following me on Instagram or going to, I love things that are great is normally lunchtime-ish on a Wednesday. But then I do save them all to a highlight if you miss it. Oh, fantastic. I'm going to go binge those, I think. I will go update the highlight then. Because, <laughs> <laughs> you know, done is better than perfect. So I've not done it for a few weeks. <laughs>
<laughs> yeah, no, it's, it'll be great. I can't wait. I'm looking forward to it. And if you enjoyed this episode of Doing It For The Exposure and would like to hear more in the future, make sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at D-I-F-T-E Podcast. You can also check out our stream on nerdsnowmedia.com. We stream bi-weekly on Spotify, SoundCloud, and YouTube. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for listening to a Nerd to Know Media production. <laughs>